Thanks for listening to another leadership podcast from Pastor Jurgen and the team here at C3 San Diego. To find out more about our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Welcome, everybody, to the February edition of C3 San Diego's Leadership Podcast. I'm here with Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Leanne Matesius. My better half. Hello. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Very well. That's good. That's great. Uh, Before we get into this podcast, we want to uh, give a shout out and a plug to our Empower Conference happening the end of July. So Pastor Jurgen or Pastor Leanne, can you just tell all of our listening folks out there a little bit more about Empower Conference coming up this summer and why they should go? Well, everybody needs a fresh thing of power. Jesus said to the disciples who were eyewitnesses, who were, uh, you know, firsthand experiences of his miracles, his sermons, his teachings. He said, wait in Jerusalem till you receive power. And, and I just reckon that once a year at least, uh, we all need to kind of separate ourselves from the, the duties, the task and the busyness of ministry and life. And just get refilled, refreshed, and recharged. So that's the Empower Conference. The C3 USA Conference backs right into it. So it's kind of two conferences in the one week. But it will be a, a powerful, life-changing, equipping, uh, you know, restoring, invigorating, inspirational few days where um, you will go back to your workplace, the marketplace, your corporation, your church, your ministry at a whole new level. And, uh, and stuff broken off and can, can I add things to that put in. Too? Um, one of the things I love specifically about Empower as well is the fact that it's not just great information, it, there's impartation. Right. So it's just not a conference where we're just hearing about all the great things God is doing and can do in our church and being empowered in that way, but there's also impartation. There's ministry and prayer times. I mean, last year... Yeah. Some of those sessions, unbelievable, amazing. So it's not just another conference where you're going to turn up and get a whole lot of great information. There is something that's going to be imparted on you to carry back to your church yeah. and your city. Absolutely. So you can go to our website, www.c3sandiego.com. Register, book your flights, book your hotel rooms, and come and hang out with us. It'll be a great week. Well, we got something special this month for our leadership podcast. We have quite a few FAQs, frequently asked questions from leaders from all over the place, as well as some that I've mixed in there that I want to know as well. So we're going to jump kind of all over the place with some frequently asked questions and what leaders out there and people out there want to know specifically from Pastors Jurgen and Pastor Leanne. So I'm going to start it off with question number one. Are leaders born leaders? Um, I don't believe so. I think that um, leaders are developed. Uh, I think people are born people. And then uh, leadership is, is something that's developed. I think that every single one of us uh, have to develop. Now, some people just, you know, I guess from the environment that they're born into, naturally we begin to, you know, to lead, uh, lead people astray. Um, but I, I definitely think that leaders are not born. I can't, you can't just say, well, look, I'm at a disadvantage. I wasn't born a leader. I think a lot of people use that as, a, as an excuse. Yep. Leadership, are, they are skills and they are keys that anybody can acquire and anybody can learn and everybody can develop. So good. This next question I want to direct to Pastor Ian and Pastor Leanne because so, it might be two separate answers, which I think will be really good. Um, 
It says, what are the most important decisions you make as the leader of C3 San Diego? For me, it's, um, you know, two things come to mind. The first one is vision decisions because any, any direction that you travel in as a church or even, you know, in your car, you're, you're using resources, you're using up gasoline, it's costing you money. So, so I found that every decision that, that I make has, you know, a high price tag attached to it because if we decide we're going to start this or launch this, there's time, there's energy, there's resources, there's finances that get poured into it. And if it ends up being a fruitless exercise, we've just wasted all of that. And uh, the second one really is, uh, is people decisions. People decisions, so it's vision decisions and people decisions. And people decisions are, are huge. Who you hire, who you put on staff, who you put on team. Um, you know, looking at the different characteristics of, you know, that people. We, we actually have a, a fairly strong penchant for not hiring people outside. We've, I, I don't think it's, I think it's been a number of years since we've even bothered to look whether there's anybody outside of our church for positions we raise up within uh, mainly because we want to build people that already have a heart for the house it's that genesis 14 verse where abraham armed the 318 servants who were born in his house and they went after the the five kings and they defeated them destroyed them and, uh, you know, brought that lot from captivity. And I think that, you know, building and raising people within the house and just, you, you know, people decisions are everything. People decisions, the way that we uh, treat people, the way that we, you know, lead people, the way that we hire people, and then the way that sometimes we've had to let people go. Um, we always try to, whenever we've had to let somebody go, make sure that we are over generous. And uh, because our goal is, you know, not to just to get rid of, bad rubbish or you know oh, well they're the wrong person the wrong fit um and then not worry about whether they keep attending church so we, we we try and make sure that hey it's a very difficult moment it's a very prickly moment it's a very awkward for everybody uncomfortable moment but this is not a right fit but we love you our our heart for you and our value towards you has not changed and you know and we've had a fairly great track record of even the people we've had to let go from the team staying in the house and staying yeah. in church and staying in worship and really just finding another place for, for their giftings to be expressed. That's great. Pastor Leanne. Yeah, I have two. My first one is to stay in faith continually. Um, I would say as a person, and, and most humans are this way, but I can just speak for myself, my uh, national, uh, natural gravitation is towards unbelief, doubt, cynicism. So for me as a leader, the constant battle is for me to stay in faith, to believe for things to be bigger, brighter, better, to push myself. I like living in safe. That's my nature. I'm the yin to his yang. I'm the sobering yin to his raging yang. And uh, I'm the sobering yang to your raging ning. Yeah. Well, it's, it's yin actually, but tomato, yeah. tomato. But not in China, it's As Ming. <laughs> but no, it's this true. And Chinese we help audience. one another in that way. Yeah, that's right. His temptation would more be, and I, I'm not putting words in your mouth, I think you'd agree with me, would be to not be reckless. Mine would be not to be 
overly cautious. I want to keep things a bit safe so and manageable and controllable. That's my nature. So I'm constantly feeling God say, Leanne, get out of your box, dream bigger, uh, um, lift off the ceiling, uh, and remember that it's you can do all things through Christ, not through your own ability. So there's just that continual battle for me to stay in faith. And as leaders, we have to stay in faith. We don't have a choice. I mean, there's no book of Thomas in the Bible for a reason. You know, like he, he's mentioned, yes, and I'm sure he has wonderful, incredible qualities, but they're not remembering a whole lot of what he said simply because he was known as Doubting Thomas. So I don't want to be known as Doubting Leanne. And he, he actually did write a gospel, the gospel oh, according to Thomas, it. but it never, no, no, but it never Sorry, made it in everyone. there. No, it was rejected. Oh, it was rejected? It was rejected, so you're Thank right. God. Yeah, the gospel according to Thomas, <laughs> but it oh. was never canonized. All right, there you go. So, and my second thing is to continually have eyes of discipleship to develop people. So um, it's easy to be put on the me shades and have it all about me and my ministry and what I'm doing and how I'm performing, but to take your eyes just off yourself and think, okay, am I developing the people that God has put around me properly? Am I giving them as much attention as I'm giving myself and releasing them to do what God's called them to do? So having eyes to see who God sent you and uh, develop, developing them and discipling them. Your questions, uh, your answers are always better than mine, you little scaly way. great answers. We should yeah. get past your Well, I didn't know that yeah. Thomas had I might actually just wait out the back. I'll make some so. coffees. <laughs> That's right. I'll be cleaning the floors. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, our, our next question uh, comes from really C3 San Diego uh, and our creativity and everything we do and our twisted musical and our hero musical that's coming up and, and everything we do, we have a very uh, big creativity influence. And so this question is, how do you encourage creative thinking within C3 San Diego? You know, I think the first thing is not to have a micromanaged culture or environment. I think as soon as you begin to micromanage your staff, your people and your team, the first casualty is creative thinking. And, uh, you know, for Leanne and I, I think just with everything that is on our plate, with how much we have to do, you know, C3 USA and then everything else, um, I, I don't, I'm not interested in and I can't afford to micromanage people. So I think giving people fairly broad objectives, but still holding people really strongly accountable for productivity and fruitfulness creates an environment where people have to become problem solvers. People have to start thinking out of the box. They've got to think, well, how do I get from A to Z? What are the steps? What do I need to do? And then all of a sudden you find that people begin to partner with the Holy Ghost. And I think if you can have a, have a, a staff who aren't just working for a church corporation, but a church a, a staff who understand that they're working for a church organization, like a church where they partner with the Holy Ghost. They're in prayer. Come on, God, give us breakthrough. How do we break into our schools, God? How do we break into our colleges, God? How do we reach South Bay, God? How do we reach North County? How do we reach Central? How do we reach lost people? How do we make disciples? Uh, all of a sudden, like I'm surprised, like wonderfully surprised and just... You know, I think it's what really keeps me going every week is when we have our, you know, strat vision strategy meetings, just to hear the ideas. A couple of weeks ago, the beautiful Emma Davies, you know, re-outlined for us our four pathways with such clarity, such creativity. It was just brilliant. 
And uh, to me, that's like, yeah, it's working. No one's micromanaging this young lady. She's problem solving. She's waiting on the Lord. And I believe that, you know, you look at all of creation. He is the Lord of creation. So if, if there's a lack of creativity, there's probably a lack of partnering with the Lord. We've got people working in their own humanity and human strength and human skill and human education. And so, yeah, so not micromanaging would be the first one. And then having that God, God leaning. Go ahead, Pastor Leanne. And um, not having a culture in your staff of your disposable, I think. So if there's no performance anxiety around people. So they're not stressed out. If I make a mistake, I'm going to be discarded. So there needs to be room for a level of failure and humanity in order for creativity to truly flourish, I think. And it's, so many artists, when they're creating, don't they? They're like, oh, slashing through that because it doesn't look how I hoped it would look and I'm going to start again. Now, if we judged everybody on their first work, I don't think anybody would still be around. So just having an environment where there's not so much performance anxiety and people aren't feeling the sort of Damocles hanging over their head with every failure. Like there's room for us to breathe and grow and make a mistake. So good. This one kind of piggybacks on that last question and really I think goes for senior leaders and it's where do the great ideas come from in C3 San Diego? Because I think a lot of leaders out there think that all the great ideas have to come from them. And if they're not producing them, then they're not doing their job. Or if they come from somebody else, then they're not doing their job. So where do the great ideas come from in C3 San Diego? You know, obviously the, the super spiritual answer is, you know, from the Lord. But the, the truth is I think that if, if, if you can, as a senior pastor, find yourself secure enough, you know, it's the team. You know, I can't tell you how many times it's been, you know, Paul Churchwood has come up with a brilliant, you know, visual or marketing idea or Jesse Sullivan's come up with a, with a great idea on, hey, if we just shift this and this, there's a much better way of managing our finances. And you would think, how could someone who's in a business manager accounting kind of position come up with a brilliant creative idea, but I see it again and again and again. Our campus pastors, our campus leaders, our youth pastors, our young adult leaders, all the way through. And I think it's, um, you know, before Jesus started his ministry, before he did one miracle or preached one sermon, he gets water baptized and then the father speaks and says, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I think that Jesus started his ministry with the father's affirmation. And one of the saddest things that I've seen in ministry over the years is so many men, specifically senior pastors, who are trying to earn God's affirmation. So no one can preach, no one can teach, no one can lead. Every idea has to be them. It's about their ministry. It's their name. It's everything. Because they're, they're craving something that they should have gotten before they even started. Wow. So I think just, just creating an environment where, you know, uh, great ideas and creative thinking is celebrated where you give credit to other people uh you know you're quick to deflect you know praise that comes to you and you know it's the team and and really you know really celebrate and really encouraging people to reach up to to god and reach out and think out of the box and so where do the creative ideas come from really they come they're a collective you know they're, they're just a wonderful collective it's probably not a week that goes by where, you know, I'm not impressed. I remember, uh, you know, watching the, the pre-show for Twisted, and Twisted was already our, our brilliant production, watching the pre-show with, with yourself, yeah. <laughs> Pastor David Chittick, and uh, 
beautiful, sweet Lorraine yeah. and uh, Drew. And yeah. just, I mean, it was it was as good as anything yeah. you'd see at a, at a club. You know, I would have paid just for that, better. let alone the uh, Twisted production. Yeah, would, yeah better, definitely better. And, that, and it earned you a position in the actual production. You went from just... I made my way in. You, you made, made your, your way, way to in. Anvil Striker. It to was the like, Anvil Striker. Yes. It was like, well... Yeah, I mean, people wanted to see him with his shirt off. Put him in the anvil striking scene. Well, it was my wife. Well, it was Brianna. It was <laughs> yeah. Brianna, actually. And she said Adeline voted as well, so. <laughs> she did. That's right. Awesome. Well, switching gears just a little bit, uh, a question I think a lot of people have and wonder is this. What is the most important to C3 San Diego? Its mission, its core values, or vision? Mission, core values, or vision? It's amazing. It's like, which child do you love the most yeah, out of these absolutely. three? You know, it's kind of, it's, it's a bit of a, an interesting question. If you were to say, you know, what is the most important thing, you know, to, to see through San Diego, if, if, I could, if I could let go of something, uh, you know, to, to me it would, it would very much still be the, uh, you know, developing the people that I have. I think that sometimes a church can, wow. hey, now that you're here, move aside you know it's all about the lost and that can be ego driven or ambition driven or you know numbers driven and i think that if if i had to if i had to pick something it would be the development of the folks that we have that turn up each week like when i look out at our staff and our team just the love that i feel you know from god to see each of these people reach their potential you know, fulfill the dream of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God for their life, that would be the most important, you know, absolutely I want to re keep reaching the city and keep, you know, uh, the vision in front of us of one church in four locations, but, but if I had to lose everything and just choose one, it would be just developing these people, I could kind of, you know, go to my grave. Wow happy knowing that I kind of fulfill what God gave me and even Jesus said that Jesus said father you know I, none of those that you gave me have I lost except the one who was you know doomed to perdition but of all the other ones that you sent me I haven't lost any which is really interesting of all the of all the accolades of all the things uh, that Jesus accomplished for him to feel good about going to the cross and dying was hey the ones that you gave me the ones that you entrusted to me I poured myself into them, I loved them, I protected them, I developed them, I didn't lose any of them. And so to me, that, that would be what that would be. That's great, very good. Now on that, do you set aside, and here in C3 San Diego especially, do we set aside specific times to cast vision to our leaders? Yes, we do, every week. We're experiencing yep. it right now in our staff meeting. Yes. So the Bible says famously, without a vision, the people cast off restraint. They lose their purpose. They lose sight of the goal. So they do whatever they want to do. So the casting of vision is so important and needs to happen a lot. We need to be reminded of our vision of a church, as a church, of the direction that we're heading in as often as we possibly can. So we set aside uh, one morning every week to meet with our staff to talk about vision. We have a vision strategy meeting with our core team, yeah. our management team, where we talk about vision, the direction of the church. We troubleshoot a little bit. We come up with ideas. We're creative. So vision is something that we need to put in front of our people at all times to make sure everybody's heading in the same direction. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. And one thing I've noticed here at C3 San Diego, it's not necessarily a specific date or meeting, but it's almost in every meeting that I'm in, vision is cast right. and vision is set for where we're going and what we're doing. Before I was even on staff, I knew that the vision of C3 San Diego was one church in four locations. Wow, and good. because in every meeting, it was always cast. And that's what's so compelling, I think. And that's why people want to join in is because they see and hear a vision of this church wants to do something, not just um, maintain what they have, but wants to grow, wants to influence San Diego. Um, so that's why I think it's so important to not just in specific meetings, but in every meeting. And, and even on Sundays, yes. when you say, like yep. on Sundays, our vision is not hidden from our congregation. Absolutely. They, they all know. Like you said, you knew we were one church, four right. locations, or that was our vision before you were even in leadership. Like yep. you were hearing that stuff from the pulpit. So yep. it's something that's put in varying degrees as well to the entire church congregation. Yep. So we're all moving forward Great. together. All right. Well, this one has to do with new people coming into church. How do you help a new person understand the culture of C3 San Diego or in more broad spectrums, the culture of the church that you're leading? How do you help a new person understand the culture as they come into church? Beatings. <laughs> Beatings will continue till morale improves. <laughs> It has to be modelled, I want to say that. First and foremost, the culture has to be modelled. It's not something that we can talk about and then not be an example of in our congregation. So that's the most important thing. They're not just words, they're actions. But on top of that, we have specific classes that teach our culture. So we, we scratch the itches. We answer the questions that people are asking. Yeah. So they're asking about why we spend time taking up tithes and offerings. They ask why we're generous. They ask why we're um, affirming and vocal during the messages. All these questions, the culture of who we are and why we do what we do. There has to be an environment for people to be able to ask why. They have to be able to ask the why behind the what. So I believe our culture course happens around once a month. Yes. and is open to everybody, yes. not just new people, but even those who want to do a refresher. Yep. So that's on a practical level. But then, of course, just on the, on the spiritual level, it has to be modelled. So you can say you're a certain thing, but not be it. And it's just a, a resounding gong. It's empty. It's hollow. And people just think you're hypocritical. So I would say rather teach who you, who you, what you're doing as opposed to what you think you're doing. Like, what are you actually doing? What is the culture that you're trying to create and what is being lived out on a day-to-day -day basis by your team, your church? Yeah, sorry, David. I was going to say, just adding to that, you know, culture really flows from your values. And I, I don't think that there's a day that you're not really teaching culture. Culture really is, this is who we are. And you're either building culture by design or by default, is the old saying. Whether you realise or not, Every church has a culture. Every business has a culture. Every organization has a culture. Sadly, a lot of those cultures are toxic. They're backbiting. They're slanderous. They're, you know, ambition or ego-driven. Um, so we've, we've made a decision that when people walk into C3, that there should be a culture. And if I was going to replace the word culture, I'd use the word atmosphere or environment. There's an atmosphere and an environment that, to me, is conducive for kingdom growth. Um, you know, and so there are, there are certain environments that are toxic. Jesus went into his hometown. He could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief, because they were dishonoring. So we found that we've got to have honor. We've got to have faith. 
Um, you know, we've got to have generosity. So there's a, there's a whole number of things. When people walk in, it's a little bit of a shock. And our, our job in, in San Diego is to create within these walls, within the walls of every building that we have, a kingdom culture. So that people step out of San Diego, but they step into heaven. They step into what might be. They step into what can be. They step into what ought to be. They step out of impossibility and into possibility. They step out of being beat down, trod down, fear-driven into a place of faith, into a place of hope, into a place of miracles, into a place where your life is not just tolerated but celebrated, where you can believe that the dreams that you once had that now seem so far out of reach all of a sudden get within arm's length again. And, uh, and so that's something that, that I think is, has to shape our language, has to shape our words. It can't just be written on a board and this is our culture and put up on, on a wall. That, that that's, doesn't wow. suffice as culture. Yes, yes. It's got to be an environment that is felt. And, uh, and I've just found that it's a, it's a 24-7 thing yeah. and it never goes away because we're going to keep reaching unchurched people that come in and they want to dilute that culture, but we have to have them come up into that culture. So great. This next question I think would be really great because joining us today is all of our interns for C3 San Diego. So you'll want to write this down. That's right. All the interns in here, you're going to want to write this one down because this is a great one to know. Uh, when faced with two equally qualified candidates, how do you determine whom to hire? Well, you know, for, for me, going back to that scripture in Genesis 14, it's the ones who are born in this house. So it's, it's very, very simple. If two people have exactly the same qualifications, the same resume, the same degree from college or whatever, the decision becomes very, very simple. Who do we see most of the culture and values of C3 San Diego resident in? And then it becomes a no-brainer. It's, it's always a little bit difficult that you hire someone who is skilled in hand and head, but is missing the heart. And so, but you know, when you have someone whose heart is for the house, whose heart is for the vision, whose heart is for the leaders, uh, I would actually take someone who's less qualified, but they have the heart because you can always add qualifications. You can always add skills. You can always develop potential. But heart, if that's not there, someone's not loyal, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's so great. One of my favorite quotes from uh, one of my favorite movies, The Hobbit, Thorin Oakenshield says this, and th this is good. He sa it's, he's it's talking about his to. men. Yes. He says, loyalty, honor, and a willing heart. I can ask no more than that. Come and on. that's what he was looking for yes, in, in his men, more than right, qualification. Somebody write that down. That's our new hiring policy. That's it. Thorin Oakenshield. Thorin Oakenshield. <laughs> Thorin, son of Thrain. Best movies ever. And they are the best movies ever. Johnny uh, Heinrichs. Requirement to be a leader, I think. Should be. <laughs> yeah. All right, this next one, I'm going to start with you, Pastor well, Leanne. The week, we're not hiring them unless they've watched The Hobbits. Oh, you can't. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbits. That's like, that's it. That's the, uh, really, that answers the question. What if two people are equally qualified as candidates? The one who's watched Lord of the Rings and The Hobbits. <laughs> Absolutely. Apparently, that's no the question we ask when we get to heaven. So, some Peter at the gate, he stands there, he's like, do you know who Jesus is? Yes. Okay, do you know who Frodo is? And then... Ooh, ooh, okay. Uh, I'm going to get in then. I'm excited for heaven now. <laughs> Hammer, you better start. you got a you, lot of... You're sitting on an ivory throne if that's the case, chick. <laughs> that's right. All right, I'll start with Pastor Leanne on this one. 
What is one characteristic that you believe every leader should possess? Absolutely, faithfulness. Faithfulness is the all-encompassing. Jürgen may disagree, but this is my, my turn. So I'm going to say faithfulness, because with a faithful person, you get someone who's honest, you get someone who's loyal, you get someone who will hang around when things get tough. They're not a fair-weather friend. And, um, you know, when I look out at our staff and our team, um, I, it's full of faithful people that I can trust. And I think for a leader, that's just one of your biggest heart's cries is I just want people that I can trust, that I can potentially have a bad day or a bad moment around and I know that they're not going to be murmuring or whispering or thinking about their exit plan or sending out their resumes to the church down the street. Like just to be able to have that security as a leader, knowing that your people are faithful. They're committed to you. They're committed to God. They're committed to the church. And with faithfulness, of course, you get generosity too. Faithful people are givers in every area, not yep. just tithers, which is important, yep. but also just they're, they're generous people in every way. And God is faithful. That's one of his greatest attributes. And the Bible even says when we are unfaithful, he is still faithful. Yeah. Wow. So I would say that is the one that I look for. Pastor Jurgen. <coughs> Excuse me, that was the spirit of unfaithfulness leaving. Um, <laughs> It's about time after 22 years. Um, I would say honesty. Just looking lately, just in the news, you know, we've had, uh, you know, Brian Williams from NBC Anchor let go for, you know, not being very truthful in, you know, retelling some, you know, events and so being dishonest. And uh, so, the the, you know, which is quite, because I see NBC as a very, very liberal um, kind of station. And yet... Even here, they see, hey, we can't stomach dishonesty. Many years ago, when Bill Clinton was the president, and everybody knows about the fiascos in in the White House and the immorality with Monica Lewinsky. But when people wanted to impeach President Clinton, it wasn't because of the immorality. It was because he lied under oath. Right. It's hard and to so, recover. So that that should be that should be a. Uh, kind of a, a, a warning flag, a flare for us to, to recognize that one thing the world cannot stomach is dishonesty, even amongst their own. You know, they want honesty. And so us as the house of God, you know, to have honesty. And if it's, you know, my, my biggest battle has been, because I love to tell stories and sometimes the facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> That's true. But I found that, um, you know, my biggest challenge over the years is the Lord really smashing me on honesty, being honest, being truthful, mm. being transparent, being honest. And I would say that, you know, giving this out to our team and even to the audience today of listening to the podcast, build honesty. Wow. You know, honesty is one of the highest virtues that you can have. And I think it encompasses faithfulness. It, you know, God is the spirit of truth. And so honesty yeah. uh, w- would be mine. Yeah, so great. And uh, as we come to a close, one last question for both you is, what are you doing personally to ensure you continue to grow and develop as a leader? I'll start with you, Pastor Leanne. You got it. Uh, I read the Bible a lot. Um, I'm, I have certain personal disciplines, and they are disciplines because there are days that 
I don't want to do it. I don't want to get up early and I don't want to pray because I want to stay in bed. But um, I have certain disciplines. Number one, because, you know, I, look, I'm a Christian leader. My station requires it of me. Outside of all the importance of my relationship with God and everything that means just as a believer, but my position as a minister means that I have to lead the charge when it comes to being someone who prays, when it comes to someone who reads their word every day. Um, I bought a, a, a Bible just this year because, you know, I've, I guess in the past what I've done is read the Bible just randomly and little bits and burdens that I've had or looked this up and studied that. But I've started doing uh, an everyday study, the Bible in chronological order. And who would have thunk it? Job was right at the beginning. Didn't know that. Yeah, um, and so I've been reading that and it has a whole lot of passages for our everyday. Yeah. And um, so that's been my new discipline. And also just my prayer board. I have my prayer board and it has our leaders on there, it has our church, it has my kiddos, it has my husband, has different prayers that I have for myself. And I kind of sit in front of it, almost like a bit of a shrine, <laughs> but without the religious connotations. Um, it's just a really great reminder for me just to have faces in front of me that I can pray for every day, things I can pray over every day. So I do that. I'm always listening to CDs in the car. I don't have a problem with listening to music, listening to the radio, no problem at all. It's just what I want to fill myself with in my spare time is the Word of God, is other ministries, uh, revelation and teaching. I want to sharpen myself. I don't want to be a preacher that gets up on stage and just shares her thoughts and philosophies. I want to be someone who knows the Word of God that comes forward with, with accuracy and fact and you know a, a level of understanding. So that's, that's for my my station as a pastor and just my personal life. Like I need God. I need him. I need him every day. The older I get, the more I realize the only person I can really depend on is my Lord and Savior. That's no offense to you, my love. You're amazing. <laughs> but it, it's the truth. It honestly is the truth. He is the only, the, the, really, you know, when, when, yeah. when uh, Mother Teresa said, she said, you realize that Jesus is the only one you need when he's the only one you've got. Yeah. So I truly and honestly yeah. believe that. And wow. it's, and it's a, a devotion that I have yeah. every day. Beautiful. For me, I, I think the, um, you know, what, what are you doing as a leader to continue to grow? Three, three things. First one, I think Pastor Leanne hit it on the head is, you know, who you hang around, you become like. So I find that spending time with God is, for me, the most wow. important thing. Because who you hang around, you become like. And uh, there's just something about being in His presence, something about, you know, about prayer that I just absolutely love. I feel like every time I go in to pray, it's, it's, like, um, it's like peeling off, a, you know, the skin of an onion. It's like something that is old comes off and there's always challenges, always conviction. You know, there's always, you know, because you're walking into the presence of holiness. The second one, um, you know, I would say is exposure. You know, Pastor Leanne and I try to choose very specifically uh, conferences that we want to go to that we know that are going to expose us to bigger thinking, expose us to beyond where we're at today. So, and we're constantly trying to do that even with our team. Oh my gosh, we've got to take you to this and we've got to bring yeah, you to true. that because we want to expose you to something that is next level yes. so that you can taste it, you can see it, you can hear it, you can feel it. So exposure is really, really good. And then, you know, the third one to me would be diet. Wow. 
um, you know, how, how do you how do you grow muscle? Well, you've got to you know have a you know a good protein diet, uh, and the same thing for the kingdom. Um, like diet of reading and listening to tapes and uh, podcasts is just essential. I just I honestly don't think you can be a as effective or reach your potential in the 21st century as a leader if you're not listening to everything that's available there are so many phenomenal leadership management pastoral preaching ministry podcasts, podcasts that are out there as well so as books you know i can't like i love to to read yeah. he's a big reader yeah so you know Very so reading reader. so you know diet exposure and, uh, and then who you hang around yeah, and you never stop learning as a leader. Uh, the moment, I, th- I think it's John Maxwell that says this, the moment that you think you've arrived, you know that you haven't arrived because of uh, be- because a leader never stops learning. So as we come to a close, is there anything else? Yes, yes. Pastor Leanne. There was another question, and I liked that question. Uh, yes, what's oh, the biggest challenge facing leaders today? You probably cut it out for time, but I want to answer that. Great. I, you know what, number 10, I think it's fame. I think there has been such a spirit of fame, like a a demonic spirit that has kind of been erected in the... In, in the spiritual realm that it, there's such a temptation, not just for our secular friends, but also for people in the church to bow down to, like that narcissistic, glory-hogging uh, spirit that took out Lucifer is, you know, it's always been alive and well, but it seems to have risen to greater heights. Um, I don't know if it's like that around the world, but definitely in America, I feel like that's one of the biggest temptations, yep. the my ministry thing, my gifting, my itinerant deal that's going on and it's really just the antithesis of what Jesus came to the earth to do the son of man did not come to the world to earth to be served but to serve and to lay down his life if any man wants to be my disciple what does he need to do deny himself take up his cross and follow me so it it is so um such a a dichotomy is that the right word to that, that spirit of fame, that glory thing that people are, are seeking after to the actual truth of what it means to be a disciple of Christ yeah. and a minister yeah. of Christ. So I would say, kill that. It doesn't mean that it's not going to rise up in your life and the temptation will always be there to bow to that spirit. But kill it, kill it, kill it over and over and over again. Remember, you are a servant of Jesus Christ and you have not come here for your own elevation. You've come here for the elevation of, of Jesus Christ. And he's the one that lifts up. He, he promotes. He raises one up and guess what? He can push another one down. So continue to serve him with your whole heart. Keep a pure agenda and pure motives. When I think of our journey into ministry and even church planting, I hear all the time pastors say, yeah, from a young age, I knew I wanted to be a pastor. I'm re- really? Really? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, did? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We had to be literally pushed off the cliff yeah. Yeah. to go plant a church. I wanted to be Phil Pringle's youth pastor forever. I wanted to serve Phil and Chris, and I still am, yeah. but I, I had no intention. And I think it's that, that glory thing that pushes us to do things that in the wrong timing too. Yes. It's like, I'm going to get it now. I'm not going to wait for the timing of the Lord. I'm going to go get it because I have this need to be worshipped. And it never ends well. Yeah. Just ask Lucifer. Yeah. So um, 
I would, I would totally be aware of that spirit's existence and resist it. Resist that's the devil awesome. and he must flee. I think that's a great question. Now, I, I know we might just be out of time, but, but maybe just one minute longer from Pastor And What is a practical way for leaders out there to uh, make sure they don't fall into that spirit that some leaders are falling into? You know, a, pra- a practical way, golly gee, I just think it's, you know, you've got to get your affirmation from heaven and live for the praise of God. You know, live for the well done, good and faithful servant. But it's so, because that's so far away and so distant. And we live in a world where Jesus says in this, in this life, you will have tribulation. You will have rejection. You will have persecution. I think sometimes with all of that, we want affirmation. We want the accolades and we actually long for and crave the praises of men. That was Jesus's rebuke of the Pharisees, you know, you, you have the praises of men, but of God, you, you know, you don't care. And so I, I just think that any, any leader out there really has to, you know, regularly examine their heart and understand that the more that you exalt Jesus, the more he will promote you. I think that as soon as you get to a point where, you know, you're using Jesus's platform to receive glory for yourself, You've just, you've just created your own ceiling. And some people are happy with that ceiling because they've got a TV show or, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I just think that that's sad. I just think that, you know, G- God is always wanting to, to exalt those who exalt Him. And uh, you could literally have no ceiling over your life if at no matter what station you arrive, your highest virtue and your greatest objective is to exalt Jesus Christ, you'll find that there's another station for you. God will keep giving you influence. And glory is so temporal when you think of it on earth. If, if, to have that eternal perspective of what Gladiator said, what I do in this life will echo through eternity. And one day we're going to stand before God and how embarrassed would we be to say, oh God, I was more concerned with my own glory with getting accolades for myself that I failed to to um, exalt you in the way that you should have been exalted we're gonna like we'd be so so ashamed and so embarrassed and so I want to spare myself that so just having that eternal perspective God if if your will is for me to be relatively hidden I'm happy with that God so long as I can serve you with my whole heart and one day you're going to receive the praise that exceeds all praise you're going to have your heavenly father saying, well done, good and faithful servant. And I think that's the goal that we all strive and I, don't, I think we underestimate that. It's like um, when you stand in front of the God, the Bible says, who judges the secrets of the hearts of men. Because, you know, the truth is I walk with God, but there's you know, quite a few things that I have little schmeagle moments with. <laughs> And, uh, you know, but when I stand before him, everything is exposed. The, the vulnerability of that moment for him to, and his focus on well done, good and faithful servant. Like we, we have no idea of the, euphor- the euphoria of those words. And, uh, and then the angels clapping and che- I mean, it's going to be incredible. So, yeah. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us for our February edition of C3 San Diego's Leadership Podcast. We will see you next month. Have a great month. Thanks for listening. 
To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Church San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com. 